Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. So this week, we thought we would do a bit of throwback, way back to November 2021, where we had a bit of a deep dive and maybe like a little bit of a moan about how we get constantly asked questions like, where is the best place to invest in HMOs right now? What is the best strategy? What should I be focusing on right now? And whilst they're all really good questions, they are very difficult to answer and it is not a one-size-fits-all scenario. So we would like to welcome you back to this episode, if you like. We do have a bit of a moan um, because, yes, it is very interesting to be in the property world and it can be very lucrative and it can be very successful. But it's not something that you can just jump into. It's not something that you can just decide overnight that you're going to become a property investor and suddenly tomorrow it works perfectly. It takes time. It takes research. It takes training. It takes coaching. It takes a lot of effort to get to the point where you are actually a very successful property investor or entrepreneur in any business, no matter what it might be. So have a listen. And uh, yeah, really hope you enjoy this throwback way back, like I say, to November 2021. This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And today, uh, for those who are listening, you can't see us, but we've all decided to just put on a hat, um, <laughs> which is not the theme of the ep- today's episode, um, but I thought it was just interesting information. So the theme of today's episode, we're going to be talking about shortcuts in property. And um, while we're talking about this, uh, I would like to guess, have a, th- have a think about what types of hats we're wearing. Oh, oh! that makes it sound like it's really kinky. It really isn't. And, and also quite interactive, which it isn't really. Um, <laughs> so, you know, while you're listening to it, send us an email going, what type of fat is it? No, we can't do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're talking about um, shortcuts in property. And what we mean by this is um, where people maybe go, they, they see a bit of stuff on telly, maybe Grand Designs or Homes Under the Hammer or yeah some other yeah other property shows where they see property investing and developing being done not necessarily being done well but being just being done and thinking okay well that must be easy to do so i'll go give it a go and then um looking for the the quickest way to get the results um and therefore trying to find the shortcuts to get there and that i would say is not everybody because some people would just completely yeah shy away from the whole thing because they don't know how to get there uh, other people uh, will probably probably about 50 percent of people would just want the easiest route to it um and this came up in conversation earlier today because joe you've been hounded recently by people <laughs> who would just want the answer and it's a question that we often get and i'll come on to that a bit later but yeah joe what how have you found people trying to you know get get the answer quickly to an answer to a question which is very difficult to respond to and also what before we jump into that, that what yes one Mal? quick thing did you say the human side of property bit yes i did at the very beginning 
Did you? Yeah. Can I just love the quality control element of Niall? I mean, it's completely yeah. shit that he didn't notice, but also well done for pulling up Matt just in case he didn't say it. That is excellent quality. Well, I wasn't listening, so I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> you, know when, you know, when something happened, I think you probably would have noticed more if I hadn't said it than if I yeah. had. So you, you weren't listening, so you didn't notice it. So you're just like, oh, hang on. Whereas I think you'd have noticed it a lot quicker if I hadn't actually said it. Maybe. Anyway, as you were. Anyway. Sorry, sorry, sorry for were. the interruption. No, but can we just say that you are actually the best at sound checking everything because it was down to Niall that we realised that um, our microphones uh, weren't um, performing at their best in the last episode. So apologies to Property Jammers if the sound quality on the last episode was, or not, not the last episode, it will be... When was it? It was a few episodes, a few, a few ago. episodes 10, ago. Yes, 109, I think, 109. Yeah, wasn't the best, um, but hopefully we have um, corrected that. So, Niall, again, your quality control is most welcome. Thank you. Uh, Meaning that he's the only one that actually about? Yeah, Niall's the only one that actually listens to the episode. Is that what we're saying? No, I listen one. I'm not as consistent. Niall's consistent. I, I dip in. Um, yeah, I dip in. I sort of do it in one batch normally. I sort of, yeah. Um, I, t- I take the uh, the Johnny Depp approach. Um, what's that? Never watch your own movies. Never watch my own my own work. No. Mm. No, I kind of understand that. Yeah. So mm. yeah, sometimes it's a bit cringeworthy when you listen back to yourself, isn't it? But um, yeah. No, I do. I do. Sometimes it's good because you listen back and you're like, God, we're a good podcast. Oh God, we cover some good stuff. And other times you're like, Oh my God, my laugh. Or like, Why am I? What? 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 What, what am I saying? Like, where did I go what, with that? Why am I saying it? And yeah, they just. Yeah, I have that a lot. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like Niall, what the hell are you trying to say? Just say, just say what you're trying to say. <laughs> and just coming, coming, so coming back to hats, Joe. What hat are you wearing? I am wearing a brown corduroy hat today. Okay, it's a flat cap. It's like a yeah. I look like something out of a Dickens novel. <laughs> I'm ch- I'm cleaning chimneys <laughs> in the seventies. Does that even make um, sense? Chim chimney. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then yes, tell us tell us your um, your experience of your social media um, messaging. Yeah, you probably get this too, um, no doubt. But I've just noticed it seems to be a bit of a thing at the moment where people know you're in property, right? And so they, it's either a recommendation. So somebody says, "Oh, I know Joe. She's in property. Let me introduce you to so and so. They're looking to get into property." And you're like, yeah, no problem. I can spare 15 minutes, half an hour of my time. And the the, the thing that the this that always it transpires to is they've got a personal circumstance, like a pot of money, or they're caught up in location. Those are the two things that come up all the time. I've got this pot of money. Where do I start? And you're like, right, okay. And then of course that's like, well. <laughs> How long is a piece of string? So this has cropped up recently on LinkedIn, but also on Instagram. As you guys know, I, I teach property and I get people follow up with me on, on social media. It's, to be honest, it's it's all platforms. It's Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, mostly LinkedIn. But at the moment, it just seems to be people saying, right, I've got this pot of money. What should I be getting on with first? Where should I be looking? And as we know, Location is probably like the secondary thing that you should be considering. You should be first and foremost thinking about what it is you're you're looking for, right? And what you need, right? So it's like the plan. Like what 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 do you actually need? And I think trying to explain that in 
incidental chit chat on a social media platform runs the risk of doing somebody a disservice because you, you know, you could say, well, I invest in Grimsby or I invest in Lincoln or I invest in Birmingham. Why are you laughing? Why are you freaking laughing? Why are you mad? What's he doing? That's okay, as you were. I hate I hate podcasting with boys. Boys, are you just literally trying to flog your wares with your hard hat with your Scott Baker Properties branding on it? Is that what you're doing? He actually is doing that, listeners. So this is the worst audio ever because you can't actually see him doing it. But you just see he's being a dick. Anyway, what was I saying? So yeah, so basically, people just I think there's this this assumption before you get into property that you know that those are the two key concerns how do I best spend my money so what do I buy and where do I buy it and it's like how do you respond to that without continuously signposting people to some form of formal education and I get so sick of it because I always feel like I'm selling my wares I always feel like I'm going oh you know what you should do you should go and do a three-day workshop and I'll teach you you know you just feel like such a I hate it but that's kind of Joe stop being a dick yeah stop being a dick stop being a dick just stop being a dick and stop trying to sell your way. But it's like, I couldn't have, you could wing it on the back of some chit chat on social media, but I would, what if they go and screw it up? Then. Yeah. And they come back and say, well, you said do this. It's like, well, actually, no, I didn't. Yeah. Did you yeah. actually? Because it's, it's, I think that there's a perception of you know, if someone is looking for a shortcut, um, it's almost if you give them a little bit, and you're kind of doing them a disservice because they take that and go, okay, I know, I know what I'm doing. And they go and do it and they actually get it wrong because that they've got one piece of a, like a 200 piece jigsaw puzzle. And um, yeah, they had taken a punt at what the, um, the answer is. Um, yeah. And even, even by going and doing a three day workshop, you still don't have enough information to be able to go and successfully invest in property after that. You still need a hell of a lot of knowledge and guidance and support to be able to do it properly. But I guess on the on on the flip side of that, as we kind of mentioned earlier, that the in-class training, like in, in classroom training, is not really everybody's bag. So you'll have a lot of people who don't like formal training um, or that formal education style and won't get the most out of that room. So they might get 20 or 30% out of it, but leave still not having a clue how the numbers work, not having a clue how to start your research and how to put systems in place and everything like that. So there's um, there's a lot of people who need a hell of a lot more support than just that. And that classroom yeah. environment doesn't suit everyone. It's, it's the perception as well. So you say one thing, they hear another. Yeah. So um, it's, it's putting it across in, in different ways. So, uh, yeah, so people that are trying to take a shortcut, it's... it's it, it's not like we're trying to be rude. It's saying, actually, no, I can't answer that because it takes, can take a very long time. And even having a 10 minute conversation about it, it's not going to answer that question because there's so many moving parts you're just unaware of. Um, you know, go and either watch a thousand hours of videos on YouTube and get uh, or go and um, go and you know, sit in a classroom or get a mentor or someone that can actually walk you through it, talk you through it. Um so that, that's and that's, that's how we started um but it's i think it's also about assumptions and people make some assumptions about how easy it can be as well yeah and it, i think this is it because you often get that classic 
new person starting out who's maybe done a significant renovation on their own home maybe it's been a loft conversion or something like that and they just assume that it's the same principles when they go and do like a rental property and it's like holy mother of god no like you know just understanding the key principles and sort of like running the numbers competently and you know just the concept of maybe not necessarily doing it on on your doorstep and all these things and not you know you run the risk of not necessarily getting the biggest bang for your buck and sort of just and even principles around budgeting and like do you know what I mean like there's just so much to it we've talked about this a hundred times on the podcast where in property you have to wear so many different hats and you're not sorry can I just say how on theme that was as a statement (laughs) well now you know why why this happened so what is it about the property industry then that makes people assume that they don't need help or support or training to become successful in it. If you want to be a doctor or a plumber or whatever it is, you'll go and get trained. But why not for property? Two things. Two things. It's two things. Number one, because people live in a house. Because and so they think they understand. Oh, they've done some of home improvement in the past, right? And it works and you know, whatever. And the house goes up in value. So like, oh, yeah. And, and the second thing is the TV is riddled with people who who do this on the reg. You know, homes under the hammer, location, 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 home or away, you know, escape to the chateau, whatever you want to call it. It's just it, it feels so accessible to the everyday person. And it's like, yeah, that might be fine for one little tiddly project. But if you're actually stepping into this as an industry and you're becoming an investor in a more professional capacity, why is this assumption that you didn't need to learn to do that? Why? What is the disconnect there? I think that's what we're trying to answer. And I think it's, it's I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's, it's the familiar, familiar, familiarity. <laughs> thank you. The familiarity <laughs> with, um, with, with, with the business. So people think they're familiar with the business, as you say, whereas a doctor is completely alien unless you spend loads of time in a hospital you're not going to know what hospital is so it's not going to be a comfortable environment for you but then similarly um let's take someone who spends a lot of time in a, in a hospital but isn't a doctor like a receptionist he works in a hospital they're familiar with the idea of a hospital could they you know do they get their idea to then go and operate on someone no they don't so again maybe I've just disproved my own argument, like people living in a house, they're familiar with it. Why would they then go and do um, investing development by itself? It's an interesting one. I don't think, I'm just trying to think of uh, any other reasons. Okay, here's here's a good comparison. If you compare it to like the cooking industry. So, you know, you could go on Bake Off or something because really you're an amateur cook, right? Or an amateur baker, but you're not a pastry chef. I am a professional baker. Obviously, you are. By nature. I mean, by name, by, by nature. Well, by name, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tried any of your cakes, so I can't comment. But, um, it's really good when I follow the recipe. Yeah, but that's my point, right? You follow the recipe because, you know, and there, everyone knows about planning. Everyone knows about, you know, most people, not all of them, would know about building control and, like, you know, contract. People would muck through, I think, on, a, like, their, their own personal project. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about people who actually really want to build a portfolio 
like really build it in a fairly short period of time because everyone always seems to be in a rush <laughs> as another thing and it's like okay you you so ha- there's just so much to learn because you're actually stepping into this as, a, as more of a legit business than anything else so that would be the equivalent of me saying that I'm going to open a restaurant and be a chef based on the fact that I do Jamie's home cooking on a weekday you know and yeah. it's like it's not there's it's, it's that straddling that gap you know I mean truth be told could anyone probably just do a couple of bicelets as a side hustle probably they'd probably screw it up and it, you know not necessarily but the risk of making a mistake is always greater when you we you're learning on the job fine you know people buy new builds off plan and all that kind of nonsense you know it happens but I think in the main buying old housing stock further afield from home renovating it in the main it probably will go okay but we're not talking about that kind of person we're talking about the person that really wants to get into this and it's just messaging you going where should I start I'm thinking of setting up a portfolio in Birmingham who told you that who said that based on what oh my mate Yeah, or a a Facebook group that said that Birmingham is good to invest in right now. So everyone flocks to Birmingham. They went to a networking event because now they think they're an investor and heard a hot tip about such and such. And it's like, "Mm." so I guess there I guess there will be an element of people or or a a selection of people that will become successful um, through through luck rather than anything else. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think anyone fair. that tries to go about it that way, and maybe this is a bit of a generalization, but they tend to just be following the shiny pennies. So they'll be looking at Birmingham, they'll be looking at Coventry, they'll be looking at Glasgow, they'll be looking at Newcastle, and they'll never actually settle on any one place um, or in any, do anything uh, significant in any place. And all they'll spend their time is just looking for all this information, but but not willing to spend any money on a training or on a mentor, but are willing to spend potentially hundreds of thousands on purchasing a house that they could lose, which just baffles so, me. It also comes down to, um, you know, pay cheap, pay twice. So a similar mentality. And it was something one of my business coaches said to me once, is that when, when, you, when you spend the money, just a little bit more money on something, you get something that works. And so, mm-hmm. for example, you you go down to the corner shop and you get some dental floss and you buy the cheap one and then you start to, you know, you know to get get that bit of um, stuff out between your teeth and it just doesn't come out. It just doesn't work. You know, you try and, you know, and you take in ages and you go back to the shop and you buy the proper dental floss that works, the thick stuff, which is not wiry. And, and, and you and, and you put, and you kind of do it and the piece of food just pops straight out um and you know the first one may have cost you like 99p the other one's cost you two pounds and what you've done is you try to save some money but the, the thing that you bought wasn't fit for purpose it didn't actually solve the problem so and i think people have this um thing of well i'm gonna i'm gonna spend as little money as possible on educating so i'm gonna go on um you know free events I'm going to go on you know, 50 quid, 90 quid, 100 quid events. And I'm going to pick up all the knowledge and then I'm going to go do it. But in that same in that, in that same breath, and again, we're not trying to say you must go do it this way, um, but highly advisory for the reasons that we're talking about um, is that you spend a little bit more money. And let's say you spent five thousand pounds on some kind of mentorship, 
which you know for six months or for a year and what that did was actually get you the result you know yeah. you, you can spend 10 15 20 000 pounds on on the right type of thing as long as it gets you the result in the right way in an ethical manner then it's an investment which is a business expense again you know in in the creation of of a business um and in any other business you'd invest in you know the startup costs you'd invest in learning you'd invest in the assets you'd invest in all of that so it's, it's no different it is it is a startup so do you think then that people are just looking at property investment as more of a hobby than an actual mm. business? And that's why they don't put it in the same category? Possibly. I think there's something to be said for that. But I, I still think it's not it's not just that. I think people assume that it's something that's easy, like Matt said earlier, that it's just something that you can do, you know, that you've got the money, you just need to know where, and it's as simple as that. Well, I don't think that I considered that it was going to be easy when I started but I knew I didn't know enough about it to go out and do it without some guidance or some help but I think most people do or this is most people that I teach so when I teach I'm either teaching somebody who's gone out and made sort of found found their way and made mistakes and they're kind of having to correct what they've already done um, or lost money as you know and confidence or people who are just sat they're sat there watching me and I can see that what they're thinking is it's not as hard as she's saying and I'm not saying it's difficult but what I'm saying is there's more like you said now there's more to it than you realize and I think unless you know so I've just bless him I've just had this really nice guy one of my students who attended uh, one of my seminars and he said I'm just I've just been listening to like 14 episodes of Property Jam on the back of hearing you speak. And I've realized that there's just so much more to this than even meets the eye. And he's only 14 episodes deep. And you know how deep we get in conversation with experienced investors and the trials and the tribulations. He hasn't even we're he's probably just sat he's stuck on licensing. You know, and like, you know, all the good topics, you know, like, you know, tenant stories and like JV partnerships and all the stuff that I mean, we haven't even scraped the surface of the vast topics and human elements. Well, if you go back and listen to every time Joe said, well, we should do an episode on this um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. whole episode in and of itself. I think there's a whole a whole load of episodes that we haven't done yet, which are you know, the ideas are sitting in our episode archive. It's true. But it, it, I just, think that's the thing. People just assume that there's but th that's not their fault I'm, I'm so, I sound like I'm being really down on the on the sort of um the starter the newbie but I'm yeah, not yeah. I, I just feel like it's a really important point to make that you don't know what you don't know and I do genuinely think it's like stepping into a restaurant scene and being and running your own restaurant with having no cooking experience it's as ludicrous as that but that makes sense to the average human being out there but it doesn't necessarily make sense when you talk about property because property feels like something accessible and doable and it's different. It's a, yeah, it's a problem. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It, and even when I, before I did um, any formal training, I went on a, a two hour seminar. I might've said this on here before, but I, I thought early on that, it would I didn't need education for it. I didn't realize perhaps how much was going to be involved, but I thought 
yeah, maybe I don't need education. Maybe there's enough that I can find out from friends that are doing it and people in the industry. But I think fast forward six or seven months and I hadn't actually done anything. <laughs> I was like, well, well maybe, maybe that training might come in handy after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's not necessarily just training. It's about being around people who are actually doing it. You say, yeah. oh, okay, I'm around people that are doing it. And you've got yeah, your uncle who's been flipping houses for 30 years but lives you know 500 miles away so you hardly see him oh you've got your you know your your, your friend who managed to do up a couple of houses and, and make some money on them um, and yeah, these aren't people that are doing it professionally or if they are doing it professionally they're so busy and aren't, aren't willing to share with them that knowledge with you or, or or don't know how to share that knowledge because they just know it they've been doing it a certain way they've been doing it their way uh, for so long so you don't know and you never know how successful these people are be, are either just because no. they're in the industry and have properties or have been flipping properties doesn't mean that they're doing it right or well yeah and, and the thing is when you start doing formal training anyone who's listening to this who has joined a networking um you know environment or a teaching environment will know that it is more about the people that you surround yourself with um the knowledge is the first part of content you know, the mentorship is the next and then beyond that it's actually other people around you that egg you on that actually understands what you're doing and they understand the right way to do it um and yeah i think it's i think that's really powerful and you don't get that um that to that same depth unless you part with some kind of you know money to do some kind of you know training that that's essentially i think what it boils down to um even if you just attend network property networking events on a monthly basis, you're not going to get the full in-depth knowledge and the breadth of knowledge that you need. You're going to get just scraping that surface ideas. Yeah. And I, I think for those who've got gumption, you know, actually that might be enough um, to, to kind of get started and do what I would call, you know, you, you vanilla projects, you know, maybe a, a couple of bites of lets further afield, you know, immersing yourself in those environments is always handy but I think the, the thing that scares me is that those who really want to get started into kind of really sexier projects, you know, higher income generating projects, your HMOs, your service accommodation, even assisted living, whatever, uh, even rent to rent. I, I don't think that there's, again, there's this assumption that it's just really easy and it's really straightforward. And even when I'm teaching a three day and they go, right, so they'll come up to me and they're like, so, yeah, I, I really want to get into HMOs like straight away. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, have you got any landlord experience today? No, I, I just want to start up there. Like it's just this thing that you can just plug into. And I'm like, I always come back to the same thing. What you learn on a basic vanilla project end to end from purchase right through to renovation, you know, building your power team, getting it through, through to refinance and, you know, or flip whatever you're doing with it. It works in so many similar ways at a higher level, but the amount of zeros involved, you know, is so much higher and the risk is so much greater because the regulation is so much tighter. Taxation obviously comes into it as well. But then there's this all this nonsense of like, yeah, I've got an, I've got an investor. I've got an investor. Yeah, they're willing to put the money in. I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. So have you worked with this person's money before? And how much money? And what's your exit strategies? And do you have more than one? Because you should have a minimum of three, ideally. And it's like, what's an exit strategy? Holy mother of fucking God. You know, what's an exit strategy? Oh, my God. And then you're like, no, no, no. So I'll tell you something again. Like, 
uh, I was teaching recently and I had two students come up to me and one said they had, this guy was 19 and he had a foreign investor offering 400,000 pounds, right? He was elated. He's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do a commercial to residential project. I was like, okay. Um, I was like, and how are you finding it? And what is your, what is your stake in the deal? What is the investor seeking out of the deal? Um, how are you structuring it? You know, they couldn't answer any of the questions. I was like, and he said, oh, they don't want any interest on their money. I was like, so what do they want? Oh, it turns out this lady was a foreign investor who just wanted to park her money for an equitable stake. So she's just got a long-term growth strategy, usual. Absolutely going to rinse this child for, he was going to find it. He was going to do the works probably, you know, and park her money, but his value was just on the money. I then had another guy attend the course Somebody had promised him 100, oh no, he needed to raise 150,000 pounds for a barn conversion, having never worked with private investment funds before. And I'm like, boys, 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 start off with a small amount, 5, 10, 15, 20 even, test it, test the theory, test the process, get the, get the experience, cut your teeth, then scale up to bigger zeros. Because imagine taking on 400 big ones, not understanding the risk attached to that, the security that's attached to that, the responsibility that's attached to that with no experience in investment. What the hell? And this whole, this is why I get so scared about the YouTube culture. Like, oh yeah, you just find investors, you just find JV partners, you just do this, you just do that. No, no, no. There's a huge responsibility attached to all of these elements in property investing that you learn small and scale up. But yeah. I, 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 I don't know, it scares the bejesus out of me. Um, and I always feel like I'm just this naughty or this teacher telling off naughty students, you know, and I... I feel like I have to be honest. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. you, you both misbehave on the reg, so I have yes, to keep I know. <laughs> But yeah, I do, I, I hate it. I, I, I find it very stressful, actually, when people just say, oh, can you just point me in the right direction? I'm like, oh, okay, I've got to handle this right. Mm. it's it's people that um approach and say okay so how much should i buy an hmo for in (laughs) this town i was like okay first of all i've never bought an hmo in that town i don't invest in that town how would i know know. and and literally you know that's like i get that question i had that question three times from the same person (laughs) in different webinars so They didn't, they didn't give up. <laughs> they the they really wanted the answer to that question. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the answer is always it depends. And someone asked the question in the webinar today, actually, how much um, does it cost to refurbish, um, you know, do a residence of a, a commercial to residential conversion? How much is it? I was like, okay, even down to a price per meter, square meter. I was like, oh, come on. Like, come on. I've, yeah. I've had a few people connect with me on, I was actually on LinkedIn as well and wanted uh, advice, if you like, on, gui- on guidance as to whether they should buy a property in a specific area to convert to HMO. Um, and initially, I've spent quite a bit of time actually looking at the area, looking at the properties and everything within the area, and going back to him with quite a, a detailed response which he completely disagreed with um, because he had his own views and opinions about the market in that particular town. Um, and now it was in the middle of nowhere. Um, there, there were no HMOs within a 20 mile radius, but there were, but there were the 
the council or the redevelopment of that particular area had um, allocated a site for a an industrial estate. Just one industrial estate that was it that was going to be there, and he was going to have like a ten bed HMO within uh, distance of this industrial estate because everybody that worked there was going to live in his HMO, and that was his of reckoning. Course. So and and so sometimes I think that it doesn't really matter what you tell some people. You know, they're, they're they want they'll keep asking people the question until they find someone that gives them the answer that they want, and then they'll confirmation bias. Yeah. Confirmation bias. And this is the problem. I think people. So, again, they'll, they'll go to a networking event. They've heard that so and so did a, an amazing deal in Coventry. And then all of a sudden Coventry is where they're fixated. And, you know, they it, it doesn't matter what you say. If they've emotionally invested in this deal, which obviously is never a good idea anyway, but again, is a risk in the early days. Um, or the offer's been accepted on somewhere. They're all they're doing is trying to piece together a puzzle that makes sense to them that they've done the right thing. And when you say you should probably pull out of this deal, it, the numbers aren't working, or I don't feel like there's a sustainable demand based on the product that you're offering, and they just won't, they won't hear it. So you're like, so what is it you're looking for? You know, what is it you need? And the other thing, of course, is. And this is what scares me the most. And I think COVID taught us this as professional investors. If one market fails, so we all know the service accommodation market failed when COVID hit, you know, thousands upon thousands of pounds fell out of people's rent rolls, you know, gone. And now it's the comeback queen of all strategies because everyone's staycationing. It's a wonderful thing. But if you don't understand how to pivot or to kind of like put your eggs in another investment strategy, because all you've done is one fucking YouTube module on, you know, on service accommodation, you're a risky investor because you know a bit of something. And that's the scariest investor is the investor that knows a little bit and does one thing. And it's like, yeah, that's what scares me. Um, it's just you, you do one thing well and you think that's it. And it's like, Ugh. No, no diversification. I don't know. I, I just get scared on people's behalves. And I just think as, as, as investors, we have a responsibility to, to be quite boundaried with the information that we give people anecdotally on social media when they reach out with these assumptions. But also, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, think just, I don't know. I, I think put, it's put just, it into, I always feel like I'm just going, oh, you should do a course. Yeah. <laughs> well, but let's put it, put it in context. So like social media is a new thing. Yeah. It's yeah. been around yeah, yeah, 10 years. Uh, if you go back before social media existed, um, yeah. um, you know, would you go up to somebody that you have been watching on the street and, um, and then just ask them the question, oh, where would you invest? So you say so that's okay. Now let me just broaden that a little bit more. So you know um a friend of a friend. Yeah. Um and they are an investor, and you don't get an intro because of the, yeah. yeah, you literally just go up to them and say, Okay, yeah, I know this person. Uh, where do I go and invest? Would you do it? Yeah, probably. Mm. Well, would you? I think it's just it, 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 it's kind of the, the what I'm trying to say pretty badly it's one of those moments where i'll listen back and go what the fuck did he say 
Uh, why do you say that? But uh, what I'm trying to say is that the, the social, it's the keyboard warrior thing. It's a, it's being sitting behind. Oh, the I see. It's yeah. Sitting behind a screen, you yeah. feel like you can do anything and you can approach anybody. Well, most people. I see do. what you're saying. And then you yeah, send yeah. a message, um, and you think that um, because you know you ask the question that you should automatically get a, a valuable response back. Um, yeah. Where sometimes the best response you can give is uh, no, sorry, I can't help you. If you want yeah. to find out more about this, um, then go check out my website or this person that knows what they're talking about. Or this yeah. YouTube channel. That's a very good point because I guess we if we can't you can't help everyone. Um, not everyone wants the help that we think or that we know that they need. Um, you, you you can take what to say you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So if they're adamant that training is not for them and they don't need training, then they're never going to be signing up or doing any training until they feel that it's the right time for them. You can't convince them otherwise because, you know, that's their mindset. Yeah, I, I do. I think I think you're right. I, I think both those points are true because, yeah, would I? OK, so I think in my mind, if I had already got talking to somebody in the pub and, you know, I knew their investment, I, I would have the confidence in that scenario to say, oh, you know, where do you invest? And on the back of that, would probably think, oh, that place is a good place to invest. That that's that would happen. But like you say, just randomly in the street. No, it's the key. But you, you, you were both there willingly in a pub in a social environment um okay. to, to chat and to socialize whereas mm. you know, at the moment you're just doing your daily do the do and then if someone sends you a random message out of the blue um saying oh where do you <clears> invest <throat> and you're just like what what yeah i think it's how the question's framed so if you were yes. in that networking event and the question was framed like in the sense of where do you invest and why so you're yeah. giving them so it's a slightly different so they're not just they're getting the same information, but it's just worded slightly differently. You might have a different approach to that. But I think also the, 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 the value that people place on the wrong things is, is where you can run the risk um, so greatly of, of giving them wrong information. So yep. they'll say things like, where, where do you invest? And how many properties do you have? Oh, that really annoys me, that one. It's such a frustrating question because it's such an arbitrary thing. And I always come back and I say, I, I said, I always say, I know I'm going to sound evasive when I answer this. I always say it up front and center, but I always say like, but it really is to do with the quality, not the quantity of what you've got. Now, scale is an important thing if you're doing this professionally, but you also need to realize that I teach a lot of people who have 20 plus properties, but they're all performing really badly. And, you know, so you've got a portfolio that's really a, a liability. It's either empty or, you know, there's houses that are empty or they're, you know, they're, they're, they're just not performing very well. And it's like, okay, so I'd rather have like a handful doing really, really well that allow me to live the lifestyle that I choose than say 20 badly performing ones. So there's that. But then there's also the, if I'm a flipper and I buy houses and my, I've got a purely capital strategy. I buy, I renovate, I sell. I don't own anything, but I've got a shit ton of money. So it's like, it, it really, this whole quantity thing drives me nuts because again, when you're coming at it, that's what you place value on and location and where and how much did you spend and all of this stuff. And it's, it, I constantly feel like you're having to justify, you know, the need to learn how to do this properly your position as an investor, why you can't tell them everything they're asking, because the answer is always, it depends. And it's just, it's quite 
frustrating you know I, I I don't know if I'm alone in that but I do I get I get sick of saying the same thing <laughs> I think yeah that's also coming down, back down to the fact that you know we especially in Ireland well all three of us actually have a natural inclination to want to help right so um when you get that question you're like oh okay yeah no I I, I probably can answer that to a certain degree but then we have to take that again what we talked about before I mean should I answer that um, or should yeah, I just, yeah. you know, just say actually, it's you know, this isn't the right forum to a- answer these types of questions, and um, because I can only g- ever give you ten percent of the answer that you need um, through text to through messaging. Um, so yeah, it, it comes back to the theme of today, which is property shortcuts. So um, and just people wanting that answer today about where they, you know, ha- how to do it. Um, so what other property shortcuts do people? Yeah, try and take. Uh, not not using brokers and and uh, professionals for getting mortgages and things like that. Oh, using the, that yeah, using the guy uh, that sorted out the house, the mortgage on their own house. Exactly. He was I got me a really good deal. I was at one point four nine percent. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, so yeah, I'm sure you're best to go and find me a great one. And the broker, and the broker goes, yeah, of course I can do that. Yeah. No, the other one is going to their high street uh, banker. Um, because they're like, oh, Barclays know me. So because they know me, they'll give me a buy-to-let mortgage when Barclays has probably got one absolutely atrocious product that you're probably not eligible for. And it's like, yeah, I think that that's another thing. Um, it's just that the myths around mortgages and stuff is a big one. And yeah, and not paying your broker and not realising what's offsettable and what you can run through your books. And Oh, the other thing as well. Oh, my God. Should I own a company? Or should I buy as an individual? How the fuck can I answer that? I don't know your personal tax status. You know, and they go, oh, because of because of the tax changes, I know that I have to buy in a company. It depends. Because as soon as you go into a company vehicle, you know, the tax man takes away one hand, gives with another. So it's like, you know, corporation tax, you're going to get taxed twice if you draw down. And then, of course, your interest rates higher generally on your finance. So there's yeah. all these kind of things that you, and you're sitting there going, oh, but it all depends. It all depends. It all depends. And then you, I mean, don't even utter the word section 24 because you blow their tiny minds, you know? So it's like, yeah. And, and, there's, and there's, a more fundamental question. there's a more fundamental yeah. question about, um, oh, and then they get, and then they, talk, they say this and you say, oh, go and speak to your accountant. They say, I need an accountant. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> why do I need an accountant? Why do I need an accountant? Or worse, they say, oh, I've got one of those. You're like, oh, yeah, but like, do they understand property tax? Because it's like a, oh, my God, it's a topic. Like, it's a discipline. I go, oh, yeah, no, they, they know it. Re- really? Okay. Mm, yeah. Of course they do. Of course they do. To be honest, there are certain things that the accountant comes back with yet for me. And I'm still like, I have no idea what language you're speaking here, but I'll just send you whatever you've just asked for. <laughs> 100%. Like, honestly. It's straight over my head. Every time Debbie emails me, I have to literally sit down and take about 10 minutes to just kind of understand what, what's been sent to me because I, it is so complex. And Matt, do you remember when you and I were running um, the Wealth Investing Network together and yeah. we had uh, our mutual tax uh, accountant come up and um, she did a whole like hour-ish, give or take, on, on inheritance tax alone? I just remember sitting there going... Oh my gosh, you ain't even scraped the surface of this topic. And that's just one of the taxes you need to be aware of in prophecy. Like, 
the, the like, problem with inheritance what? tax is that, that you don't worry about it until it's too late. When it's too late, it's way, way too late. It's so late. <laughs> so you never really you never really have to deal with it unless you have to deal with someone else that you know is a state who's died. Um, yeah. So if you're the if you're like the first generation that's actually building wealth in your family that's actually going to hit inheritance tax, then like you're, not, you're never really going to have a real time a real life example of it until you pop your own clubs. Essentially, yeah. you know, all being well and, and we're at a, at a ripe old age. So again, you have to get your head around it and just understand. Okay, so if this happens, this happens, and if that happens, this happens, and yeah, you need that those those teams. Um, you can't, yeah, you can't take a shortcut in that regard. And you know, taking, yeah, and I don't know the mistakes that people make around that that topic, but I'm sure people make lots of them. Like, go, oh yeah, we need to put it in a trust. We need to do that. So oh. I want to trust because when I, when, I, when you know, wealthy people have trusts. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh God, this is what I hear all the time. Oh, what's the other thing? Oh my God, what's the other thing? Oh, there's so many. It's like, oh, a holy mother of God. Or just buying cash, you know, buying cash and locking it and, and not understanding, you know, and thinking like also realize thinking that flipping is the only way to go and not understanding the buy and hold elements that, you know, and, and leverage and all of these wonderful things that you you do learn. And I think the 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 the, the thing that students often feed back to me is, oh my God, if if only I could go back and like go back and do what I did better you know because and these are the ones who've sort of just dipped their toe in you know and it's normally it's normally around selling it when they didn't have to it's normally that yeah it's seeing seeing a house as a, a rental property as a liability because they can't be bothered to deal with the tenant and the issues that it brings and they're like oh my god and either because they've badly maintained it haven't done it properly or they just think they get too emotionally involved yeah and this is this brings up another point there's the whole kind of I bought something and I can't rent it out get that one a lot or um I hear that why would you want to pay why would you want to waste your money paying a letting agent I'm like oh my god like and having to kind of explain that principle of leveraging that responsibility out of your life yeah you know if, outsourcing it if anyone listening is still not sure whether they need a, a letting agent go and listen to paul champalina's episode where he was on oh my god don't take oh. our word for it take his <laughs> he's evicting people oh. right left and center so um he's yeah. dealing with it all, all day every day yeah i could talk about this for days couldn't you like it's such a big thing and i don't want to sound like we're preaching i really really don't but or, mo- think- or moaning or moaning yeah or, or yes, actually been- judging yeah judging. We, I, I think we just need to clarify that we're not not, not intentionally moaning judging or preaching no. anyone this is literally based on the experiences like real life experiences that we've that we've had as people in the property industry and i'm sure lots of other people can relate especially yeah. when you've been in property a little while and then they suddenly start getting questions from their family, their friends going, oh, how did you do this? How did you do that? And you said, well, I spent a lot of time and effort and money learning this and doing this. You know, if you want to do it, I'm more than happy to you know, support you, but go and do it for yourself. Um, learn how to do it for yourself. And then, um, and then, yeah, we can definitely chat. And I think that's one of the most important things is, is getting, you know, getting people on board with, yeah with the yeah with just with oh dear brain's gone yeah i oh. think it's just really coming from a, a space of 
care and fear yes. for other yes. people's well-being. Not, yes. <laughs> not definitely not a moan. Uh, well, it is a bit of a moan, but it's not a moan for the sake of a moan. It's a moan for the sake of someone's going to lose their house because of it <laughs> or their property portfolio by not doing it right. Yeah. Indeed. Well, on that really joyous note, <laughs> um, uh, let's let's begin uh, to, to wrap up. Um, I think we kind of summarised there to, to a certain degree, haven't we? Yeah. Um, but essentially, yeah, if anyone is listening to this going, oh, I think I can do it myself because I'm listening to Property Jam. Um, think again. Please don't invest in property based on Property Jam. Um, <laughs> definitely not <laughs> in, in in summary no uh, in summary where should we go and invest <laughs> oh and also and also what am i buying and um yeah how many do i need and um yeah uh, and just, also how long will it take how long will it take for me to leave my job how realistically how long will it take oh my i reckon God, i reckon so- you'll be out of your job in about eight weeks guaranteed Oh, sorry sorry sorry, sorry I, was, I was i was at a different training providers um conference there <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine if you just answer people's questions like how long does it take to be financially free because they, they watched a youtube thing on it are you like oh give or take four or five months you'll be you'll be done you're there yes yeah, yeah, well, if, if you can get through convincing in four or five months you get you know, me <laughs> do, you know, do you know what hand your notice in today <laughs> leave you'll be you'll, you'll be fine you'll, you'll be figure fine. it Famous out last words you'll be fine <laughs> you'll be fine. you know what you will be fine oh my god and it'll be all right in the end and if it's not all right it's not the end oh yeah yeah i like that one yeah well speaking of the end it is the end <laughs> for today uh so i'm going to say thank you very much for listening to this episode 113 we should have spookified it a little bit but uh, no, not last Halloween at this stage, but um, it has been great. We're in the lead up to Christmas now. It's almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas. Stop saying the C word. I'm not ready. I can, I can say the C word if you want. Oh, to be fair, I normally do. So um, I'm going to be very straight. But <laughs> also, we children. should start. <laughs> I am. I'm going to be very well behaved. But we should start planning our Christmas episode. Because if it's Ooh. anything like last year's, I mean, talking of C words, it's going to be a car crash. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a double C. <laughs> a car crash double C. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, well i'm gonna say good night it's a and a good well it is almost evening for us right good now nice. <laughs> good night. It's probably, well, it could be any time of day when you listen to this anywhere in the world probably ohio thank you very much good night ohio i've been matt baker goodbye <laughs> from me goodbye from me. Um, that was, um, that was good me morning um <laughs> it's a goodbye from <laughs> it's a goodbye from me <laughs> good afternoon it's a goodbye from me too jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode. So there we go, guys, a little throwback to November 2021. Uh, I really hope that that was non-educational. I hope it wasn't informative. (laughs) But in reality, uh, I do hope that you enjoyed it. 
And if you can relate to anything that we've discussed in this episode or you want to share your experiences with us, then please feel free to get in touch. Reach out to us on social media. We would love to hear from you. And if you want to be a guest on our podcast, then just let us know. In the meantime, I will see you back here next week for another episode of Property Jam. <laughs>